Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm yours, Kevin Rutherford. It is Tuesday, September 13th. We are here live, and it is time for an episode of The Pit. We're going to open the phone lines. It is a free-for-all kind of pit show. Anything goes. If you have questions, comments, topics, anything about anything political, jump in and join us. Go ahead and uh, open the phones right now, and let's get started. I have a. I, I don't have any big theme today. I'm flying solo today. I don't have any big theme. I've got a bunch of odds and ends topics I've been collecting for a couple weeks. So uh, I'll get started getting through those. And then, of course, we'll get to your calls and questions. So go ahead and jump in right now. 855-950-3835. Let me get to my notes here and see. Looks like uh, all the technology is working correctly. We're good. All right. So phone lines are open. Go ahead and jump in and join us. A couple things. Like I said, I'm kind of all over the board here. No real theme. So my first topic, kind of odd. It's definitely political. I'm wondering if anybody is watching the Senate race in Pennsylvania. What a bizarre race this is. First off, we have a TV doctor. Dr. Oz, who, you know, politically, I don't know that much about him. Um, Health-wise, I haven't been all that impressed, honestly. Uh, He does seem to be a pretty strong conservative. But it almost wouldn't matter. Uh, If I were voting, I would vote for him no matter what, just because of his opponent. This guy is... I don't even know how to describe him. I don't know if anybody's watching this race or not. Um, Fetterman is his name. Now, when I first saw him, I have to admit, and I know we're not supposed to, you know, judge people on their appearance, but it's hard not to. When I first saw him, I thought, this is another one of those long shot candidates. Everybody seems to be running for office, you know, after Trump kind of proved you could even become president if you weren't a politician. Uh, we have a lot of people running for the office. We have the truck driver in New Jersey who won a, a seat, big upset. So there have been a lot of non-politicians running for office. I have to admit, when I saw this guy, I thought he was a non-politician running for office. I was wrong, completely wrong. When you see him, he doesn't look like a politician. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing in and of itself. But he's got, you know, tattoos. I have tattoos. It's not that big of a deal. But he wears hoodies almost all the time. He just doesn't remind you of a typical politician, which on the surface, sometimes that's actually a really good thing. Not in this case. It turns out he is a politician. It's about all he's ever done. He's a trust fund baby from a rich family. He's never really had a job. He lived off of his parents until he was 49 years old. He was basically given a house. He was the mayor of Braddock, Pennsylvania. Go look at what happened to Braddock after he was mayor. 
It's bad, really bad. He is now, I, had, I did not know this, he's the lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania. I, I, I'm just, I guess, kind of blown away by how this guy ever got elected. Not only does he not have any real skills that I can point to and say this is why he would be a good politician, he's pretty far left. I mean, he's really out there. I mean, all I've heard from Biden lately is how extreme the Republicans are, the MAGA Republicans, how extreme they are. This guy's extreme. This guy's really extreme. He's winning in the polls the last time I checked. Now, one of the things he definitely has going for him within Pennsylvania will be name recognition. I mean, I would think most voters in Pennsylvania would know who he is. I didn't know who he was. Um, Now, there's another layer to the story here. Given all that, I would never vote for this guy. But he had a stroke recently. And they've made a big deal about how you can't criticize him for having a stroke. It doesn't matter. Of course we can criticize him. He's running for political office. We can criticize all we want. We can point out the fact that he had a stroke. And we should point it out. And we should make sure he's capable of doing the job he's running for. And I don't think he is. Watch speed. Look, he was never all that great of a speaker anyway, but now he's awful. The stroke affected him badly. He has trouble making sense and getting words out. He kind of sounds like Biden these days. You're not supposed to talk about that either, but Biden can't put a coherent statement together anymore. Why are we hiring people that you can visibly see they are impaired? You can visibly see it every time they speak. They're impaired. If I were their employer, they probably wouldn't be working anymore. Seriously. I mean, I I feel bad for them. They had a stroke. It's a medical condition. This is a very important political office. It's the U.S. Senate he's running for. So I'm not making fun of him. I'm pointing out the fact that I don't think he's capable of holding that office. And and that has nothing to do with his politics. It has to do with his competency. The stroke clearly affected his ability to speak and think. You can see it. Something has affected Joe Biden's ability to speak and think. But we just ignore that. And I obviously we're ignoring this. So if you're in Pennsylvania, I love to hear from you. What do you think of this guy? If you're from anywhere, I'd love to hear from you. I don't have a single call yet. Um, like I said, I have to figure out what to do with this show. I, maybe I'll keep it as what today is. Maybe I'll just do a roundup. And when I'm done, if there's no calls, I'll just quit. And if it's a 20 minute show, it's a 20 minute show. Um, every time I threaten not to do the pit, I get a ton of emails. No, no, we want you to do it. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with the pit in October because I am really, really, I'm about 95% sure I want to take all of October off of the news. I'm already tired of campaign stuff on the news. And that's all you're going to hear from now till the midterms. 
I'm seriously thinking about taking the entire month of October off from the news and focusing on what's really important in our daily lives, helping people with what's really important. So maybe the pit will become a roundup of that kind of stuff for October. November, I'll go back to politics. Once the elections are over, then there'll be plenty to talk about that won't be so repetitive. Right now, I'm just sick of the whole midterm thing. Um, So, but if you want to jump in, jump in. If not, the, the pit may become a uh, just a weekly roundup for me to kind of rant about all the political topics I try to stay away from during the other shows. So Fetterman, we're done with him. Like I said, I'd love to hear from you if you're in Pennsylvania, if you have any opinions about him. Um, pick up the phone and join me. While I'm talking about the whole idea um, of the extreme right MAGA Republicans that Biden keeps hammering on for the last couple of weeks. Here's the interesting thing about this. I didn't vote for Donald Trump in either election, 16 or 20. I was totally honest about that. I said, I'm just voting libertarian. I'm not going to play that game anymore. Uh, I've been doing that for years. You can't vote Libertarian because you'll vote out the Republican. I I get it. I'm just tired of that whole game. Um, So I didn't vote for him either time. I've said as a person, I really don't care for him. As a president, I liked his policies a lot, a lot. I think they were probably the most Libertarian policies I've seen out of a president. And they were working really, really well. Still doesn't mean I I, honestly, I don't know if I would vote for him if he runs again. I'm actually leaning towards it this time. I really am. Uh, In fact, I probably will. Now, now, if there. Oh, I was just going to say in the primaries, I might vote for somebody else in the primaries like DeSantis. But if Trump becomes the Republican candidate this time, I would probably vote for him Uh, in the primaries. If I had an option of DeSantis or some of the other. Republican governors that might throw their hat in the race, I would probably vote, except I don't vote in Republican primaries because I'm a registered libertarian. I don't really vote in the primaries much at all because libertarians don't have enough candidates to have primaries. Um, But I, I don't understand why they're attacking the MAGA thing. Every time I hear Biden say, you know, MAGA Republicans are the most dangerous political group in the history of the United States. Even though I'm not really a Trump supporter and I didn't really vote for him, um, I consider myself kind of a mega supporter. How could you not be? Make America great again. That's what we're talking about. And it wasn't anything radical. It's nothing like the Green New Deal. I mean, talk about radical. That's radical. Nothing about, I, I, here's something I'd love to get some feedback from, somebody with a different opinion, if you want to jump in. Please explain to me what was extreme about the MAGA movement, Make America Great Again. Give me one policy from that movement that you think is extreme. Because I don't see it. Now, are there some extreme people out there on the right? Yeah, if you get into the whole QAnon thing, of course. 
But the MAGA movement, I don't understand how you call that extreme at all. I didn't think so anyway. Um, And here's the other thing. I don't think you'd have much trouble at all finding Americans who support that movement. Of course, we want to make America great again. What does that mean? For me, it meant smaller government, less regulation, lower taxes, more opportunities, less rules. That's why America was great to begin with. Because of the freedom and the opportunity. I'd love to get back to that. So absolutely, I'll voice my opinion. I support the MAGA movement. Absolutely support it. Where is the support at the voter level for the Green New Deal? Where is the, I, I, look, I live in a pretty damn liberal state, one of the most liberal. I don't see a whole lot of support for the, those policies in, in Oregon. Now, in the government and the politics you do, but not from the people I talk to every day that live here. I don't hear anybody supporting defund the police. I don't hear anybody supporting this huge push towards green energy that isn't really green at all. Where is the support on the street from the voters for this extreme left green party? The Democrats might as well just change their name to the Green Party these days. I don't see any support for that. I ask. I ask all the time. I don't hear anybody. All right. What else do I have on here? Um, Road deaths. We, we talk about this all the time. I, every time somebody says, oh, my God, that autonomous technology is going to kill somebody. I agree with them. Of course, the autonomous technology is going to kill somebody. But it's going to kill a whole lot less somebodies than what we're killing today. We are at a 20-year record high for highway deaths. Now, that's pretty ironic because I truly believe the technology that's already out there is saving lives. I believe that lane departure warnings, automatic braking, we may find those things annoying, but they're saving lives already. Now, we have these new technologies saving lives, and yet deaths are going up. Why? Because people drive like freaking idiots today. They don't pay attention to anything when they're driving. They have zero situational awareness. Just because you can glance down at your phone, read something, look back to the road, glance down at your phone, look back to the road, does not make you safe. You are not monitoring your mirrors nearly as much when you're doing that. You're probably not at all. If we talk about maintenance, you're probably never looking at your gauges. Drivers are very unsafe with all the distractions in the cab now and cars, not just trucks. Cars are worse. Or just as bad. There are way too many distractions inside of a vehicle today, and we need the technology to offset that. And obviously, right now, it's not enough. Death sh- deaths should not be going up. Our cars, our vehicles are far safer than they ever used to be. I am blown away when I see a car that's been into an accident. That thing is destroyed. And you find out the people walked away. We have made vehicles much, much safer. We have made humans far less safe. 
All right. I had uh, probably my biggest topic was vaccine info. I was going to update some things going on. We do have some calls coming in, so I think I'm going to take them and I may come back to the vaccine issue. But let's find out what's on your mind today. We're going to go to Wisconsin. Tim, welcome. Kevin, how are you? Doing good. What's on your mind today? Lot to unpack. <laughs> what's that? Uh, I said there's a lot to unpack. Oh yeah. Uh, so many topics. So many topics. I don't know if you caught over the weekend. So the whole Magnus thing is kind of interesting to me, but I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to weaponize that against the Republicans, but. It's gotten so bad that over the weekend, especially on Sunday, you know, anniversary of 9-11, Democrats and news media are basically saying, if you're a MAGA, you know, conservative, you're basically a terrorist. You're as I know. as the people that planes into, you know, World Trade Center. And... The best one was my orcas was standing at ground zero and he's spewing this bowl at ground zero. Yeah. Yeah, so did Hillary Clinton in, in, in one of the 9-11 um, events. She, she made the comparison of MAGA Republicans to the terrorists that did that. Right, and, and basically what they're saying is that you can't have a different opinion. You have to be in line in step with the Democratic Party. And what's scary is that they're trying to associate if you're not like that, you're a terrorist. And what do we do to terrorists? We kill terrorists. We watch, we monitor, we, we do all these things. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah. So anybody yeah. that comes out and Anything opposing, well, are you going to get a knock on your door? Is your phone going to get tapped? Uh, that's what they want. You know, I, and if I have, people don't wake up. That's what I'm wondering, is where... Where are the people who aren't paying attention to this? Where are the people who either don't watch the news much, get most of their news from social media, or they tend to tune into mainstream media a couple times a week? Uh, the problem is they're just not being exposed to what's going on. I watch those other channels. I, I'm blown no. away by, I, I can watch those channels all day long and go, well, why didn't you cover this or this or this or this? The, the really important stuff that's happening right yeah, now. Tough. And when you did cover it, you, you spun it so badly, I didn't even recognize it. Now, here's the other thing that really bothers me. Yeah. For the first time in my lifetime, I now feel like I have a president who hates me. Not personally, because he doesn't know me, obviously, but I feel like I have a, a an administration who is now hostile towards me. I've never felt that before. I've never felt like just because I disagreed with the Clinton administration that somehow I was un-American. But that's the way they want you to feel now. That somehow you're 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 exactly. not American. You're not, and and it's it, it's so ironic because it's the opposite. Aren't these the patriots trying to save the country? Correct, correct. But that's the messaging, and it's I give the Democrats credit because their messaging they're always spot on. They never vary 
There's no role demo. They they all spew the same crap. They, 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 they all I, read I, off the same cue card. I swear to God, they must have a giant Zoom call every morning. Yeah, yeah, them and and, and half the media as well. You know, or most. Or oh yeah, ninety percent. Ninety percent of the media is on that Zoom call. Yeah, it's. I I, I sometimes I'm just speechless. Like, how, how did this happen? Well, and no one calls them out when you say basically half the country are terrorists now. When you're comparing them to people that flew planes and killed all these people, when you compare half the country to that. There's nobody saying, "Well, what are you, what are you doing?" I know the media just but, says, "Yeah, I guess, I guess you're right." It, yeah, the media just goes right along with it. What I'm not hearing from, I'm not hearing from voters who believe this is is right on either side. Clearly, people who follow politics and are Republican or Libertarian are screaming at the top of their lungs, "This is wrong." But I'm not hearing from traditional Democrats or progressives or even far left. I'm not hearing from hardly any voters that this is okay. No, no. I, uh, and, and so, you know, the argument is, is even on conservative, you know, they got conservative news channels and then they'll have like a, a Democrat on there. And, and the way they defend it is they say this, well, you know, it is. You know, the uh, political season, you know, there's elections coming. And this is just standard political. No, it ain't. Bullshit. When in, when Bullshit. In our lifetime, when in our lifetime, when have they ever weaponized against another party? Never. Calling them and trying Never. to paint them as terrorists. Terrorists against. And you're talking about people that fought for our country, gave their lives for our country, are wounded for our country just because you don't believe exactly like the Democrats. Now you're a terrorist. And let's let's look at something realistically here. Let's look at the issues of today, whatever they might be: inflation, the border, um, racism, whatever it is. Take those same issues. Go back thirty years, forty maybe. I would almost be agreeing with Democrats on those issues 30 or 40 years ago. They were not saying these things before. This is all new. All this green, all this woke, all this is all brand new. It's never existed in our country in any meaningful way. Democrats used to agree that the First Amendment was sacrosanct. You don't touch the First Amendment. That, the Democrats used to defend that. What the hell happened to that? Where'd they go? They could care less about the First Amendment anymore. So my point is, hold on one second, let me finish this. Then I want you to comment. My point is, the political ideas that are being pushed today are radical and new. Americans have never supported these in any big numbers. But it's all that anybody seems to be talking about anymore. Well... True, but here's the issue. The difference between 30 years ago and today is, is that uh, Democrats can control the narrative through social media. So that's why, I mean, that's why they can blatantly lie and then say, well, yeah, so what? Yeah. Right? Yeah. We can control the media now. 
No, we control every narrative, right? I mean, now it's proven. You know, that's all been proven now. Right. Absolutely proven. We have the documentation. We have a video. We have everything. It's it's absolutely proven. And I, I, I like I said, I, I don't know how it happens so fast. I don't know how they managed to pull this off. And let's lay some other blame where it belongs. Where the hell were and where in the hell are the Republicans? Why aren't they stopping this? Because they're, I, I, you know, they're just as to blame. Uh, you know, you know. I, I think it comes down to, you know, money and power, uh, number one. And they're just to blame. I mean, they're, you know, their pockets are lined as well. I mean, why the, would they want to stop the money train coming in? The biggest issue I disagree you with know? Republicans on today is Ukraine. Well, right. All of a sudden, we pull out, and now, and now we're. I mean, why are we spending billions and billions and billions? Well, it, when well, you finish that new book, the, when you finish that book, the new book about the fossil fuel, you know, yeah. the second one. Yeah, I just started on uh, it last night. That'll give you an idea. Right. That'll give you an idea why we're playing war. That'll that'll help. Yeah, oh, um, uh, yeah. It probably will. I, I, here's the thing. We were told, well, we have to support Ukraine. We have to defend democracy around the world. Well, that'd be fine, except Ukraine is not a democracy. Let's be honest. Come on. They're not even right. close to a democracy. Right. It, we've compared Zelensky, right. and I, I kind of praised him early on, too, until I learned more about Ukraine. We compared him to Churchill. Give me a break. The guy's a dictator. He shut down the the opposition yes. political party. He shut down the media in his country. He's not a dem. That, that's not a democracy. Not even close. Does, does anything about the Ukraine and Russia? Does it anything make sense about that? No. Is any? I mean, so like everything else and, in life, when there, everything makes sense over time, when things don't make sense. There's a reason why they don't make it. Who, who, what, what country have we been most afraid of my whole life, the last 60 years? Well, you could say Russia. You, yeah. You, know, you can name them. Russia. China, well, China's the, fairly uh, new. We should be afraid of China, but that's fairly new. I mean, the, our enemy has always been Russia, my whole life. And, right. and. Right. We were so afraid of that army. It's getting its ass kicked by a little country. What's with that? Right, right, right. So, so that's a that's a great point. So to say, like, that's why, like I say, when things don't make sense and I don't understand them, even over time, there's always something else that there's a reason why this is happening, and it's not because oh Putin wants to take over the. It's not because of that. You know, you look at all the wars on how everything always transpired. It's always about power, control, money. Always. Well, yeah. So whatever, yeah. And, I don't, and I don't understand it yet with the Ukraine, but definitely there is a reason. And I hate to say it, the United States is behind it, uh, just like with COVID, right? Why don't they want to find out about this stuff? Because the United States was funding and banking it. Yeah, why? Well, so, 
and I and, and, and I would say we're, we have our hands involved with the Ukraine far more than what they are ever telling. Far more. Yeah, yeah and we shouldn't be. We should not be spending all that money there right now. Period. There's just no reason no. for us to keep spending that kind of money. We're not defending democracy at all. And we should just stay out of it. No. Seriously, we should just stay out of it. And then right. they'll argue, oh, well, Russia's going to take over Ukraine and then move on and they'll take over the world. Hell, they can't take over Ukraine. Give me a break. They're getting their ass kicked again. Here's what's funny. Kevin, here's what's funny. So in, like, if you looked at war as like a sporting event, I know it's, a, it's funny, but the goal is to win, right? I, I thought so. You want to win the game. So how is what we're doing or how is what the Ukraine, their Russia is doing, how is that, how is they going to win? If the United States is funding all this money, why did the United States go in and end it in a couple of days? They could have. Correct. Could have been over in a right. couple of days. Right. But because that doesn't generate any money for anybody. That's why no, it, they want to, hey, we're going to give another $10 billion. We're going to give another $20 billion. We're going to, we just keep funding it, funding it. Because people are getting rich off of what's going on. Yeah. And, and, and a mean, lot what, of people, let's not forget the other half of that equation. Well, the other 99%. There's 1% of people getting rich over wars like this. 99% of the world suffers when there's wars like this. Correct. Yeah, correct. No doubt about it. Same thing when the markets collapse, right? Yeah. 99% of the people lose, and, and there's always that one-tenth of the one. They, they always win. They never lose. Yeah. When the market goes down, they win. When the market goes up, they really win. Yeah. So that's the game. Because if they, if they, if the, if they, if the outcry was that, oh, we got to stand with Ukraine, it could have been over with in a couple of days. If yeah, the United and States even gave a percentage of our capability. Yeah, you know, and they're they're done and over. Their excuse was, oh, we're not going to put American lives at risk, but you are. You're, you're putting American lives at risk with your current policies. People are dying over this. People are suffering well, over this. And, and it doesn't look like it's going to well, end. And if well, Biden yeah, wants to blame well, all of the, you know, our country's problems on Ukraine, he kept saying that. Well, we didn't know there was going to be a war in Ukraine. Well, first off, you should have known. All the evidence was there. And second off, where has your plan been other than we're just going to send them a bunch of money and weapons? We don't have any real plan. Well, well, you brought up a good point, all this suffering and dying, right? Uh, wait till they shut off all the fuel and try to do it all green. Oh, yeah. We, there will yeah. be so much death and destruction. Those two books written by that guy on uh, you know, the top of those people. Now, the interesting thing is... Tim? Oh, I think we lost Tim. Yep, that line just dropped. We will head off to Kansas. Fred, welcome to the program. Yeah. Well, don't want to get too big into Ukraine, but uh, <laughs> the reason we're funding Ukraine so heavily is because Afghanistan and Iraq is no longer a piggy bank for Halliburton uh, and the good, warmongers. Good, good, good point. Uh, I, we could start on okay. Afghanistan, so, but that's kind of uh, a little yeah. late to do no, much I know, about that. I know. Well, yeah. um, 
one one thing we never got into. Um, one of my best friends, son-in-law, is Dave Smith, who is maybe pre- maybe going to be the Libertarian candidate for president next time around. Really? He's on Kennedy a lot. Yeah, he's on Kennedy a lot. Very smart guy. He has a podcast. I forgot what it's called. Um, very smart guy. Just had a couple of kids. Uh, my friend's grandkids. Um, really, I never met him personally. I'm sure I will eventually because I'm good friends. They're up in New Jersey. What's his name? Um, but yeah, he's going to be Dave Smith. He's been on Rogan. He goes to Rogan a lot. He fly, Rogan flies him down to Austin and he goes to Rogan and he, he's a political commentator, comedian, uh, very, very smart guy. Very well, smart guy. I'll, I'll fly him to Oregon. Ah, there you go. There you go. You <laughs> might, you might want to, you know, uh, um, but, uh, as far as your, your, um, your take on, on Pennsylvania and, and most, most reasons why these Republicans candidates are not doing well in the polls. I think there's, it's a couple of fold here. Um, August is a is a time where people are disconnecting. Their kids are getting ready to go back to school. No one really pays attention to anything that goes on politically, and you'll see more and more stuff. Um, I think the RNC is not really funding these candidates and not giving them the people to help them with campaigning, um, talking points, and what have you. You can tell just by Mitch McConnell coming out and saying we need to have better candidates. Um, and this all stems for his his loathing of Donald Trump and most of these candidates that won the primaries are Trump back. Mitch McConnell needs um, to go. So seriously. I, well, you know, I'll tell you, Mitch McConnell. You know, I, I I I wrestle with this in my own brain. None of these politicians are a hundred percent bad. I, we we really dodged the bullet because McConnell didn't put Merrick Garland up for for Supreme Court. Uh, yeah. So, you know. He is he is a very intelligent, very good tactician when it comes to um, war, you know Senate politics. I mean, he's very good. He can wrangle a vote. He can you know he can get people going. Um, but he's I think he's willing to forego his leadership role for two years or four years so Trump don't get his his Senate packed with his guys. You know, and, and Shame to say that, but it, I think it, that's true. And all I really see there is that that is the swamp, the old guard that does not want non-politicians right, right. in there. That was absolutely terrified of Donald Trump and the people who supported him. And I, and I, like I said, I'm not a Trump supporter as a person, but I'm certainly a supporter of his policies. And McConnell's got to go. Right. Seriously, he is not doing us any you favors know, I, at all. Being from New York City, I know exactly who Donald Trump was. I knew he was a thin-skinned, narcissistic uh, yeah, asshole. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it already. All right, and and people that kind of knew this, the celebrity scene kind of knew that also. I voted for him not because I thought he was going to be the best president. Now I think he came out to be a very good president. I do too. Um, I voted for him because we we needed we needed someone in there that would look at this country as, as a businessman and shake the tree everywhere. And, you know, that's why you have people like Paul Ryan who retired to go hang out with his kids. Who's now a lobbyist in Washington. So he's not in Wisconsin. That's for sure. Um, 
you know, and, and you got, you know, so you can, everyone wants to point at the Democrats and I'm with you on that. But again, you have to look at, at, at what these Republicans do when they're in office and when they leave office, John Boehner playing golf with, with, with Obama yelling about Obama. And then now he's a lobbyist for the cannabis companies. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, he, he's supposed to be, Oh, holier than thou moral. And you know, if you, if you are, and I have nothing against, I have nothing against cannabis at all. Believe me. I've, I've tried it a few times over my life. I didn't inhale though. Yeah, of course um, not. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but, uh, so uh, I, I really feel that, that Trump had his finger on the pulse with the deep swamp. Now they are weaponizing, they are weaponizing the justice system. And again, you don't hear the leadership in the Republican Party coming out against this because it is showing them, sending a message that if you're not part of us, stay away. You know, could, you don't could, hear Mark Cuban ever talking about politics anymore. You no, don't hear you don't. Mark Cuban saying a word about it. No, you don't. A could, word about it because he knows he don't want to put his family or his life through that. Could it be that the the Republicans won't call out and do something about weaponizing the justice system because they're just looking forward to their turn? I maybe part of that. That, that could be part of that. I'll, I'll give you another fun fact here. Um, November 15th of 2020, when Trump lost the election and Biden was the, elect, the elected president, um, Adam Schiff, the famous Adam Schiff, who was head of the Intelligence Committee in the, in the House, came out with a bill to focus on domestic terrorism, to to. That was a bill prior to January 6th, prior to any of that. Now, words always matter. We all know that. That's why January 6th is being prefaced as an insurrection, even though no one was armed and the only one killed was an unarmed Air Force uh, girl Veteran. named Ashley Babbitt. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. She was an ex-Air Force. Yeah, she was out of the Air Force, but that's, you know, she was a, she was a homemaker, married, I guess, and you know, shame that happened, and no, nothing was nothing was ever done of that. Nothing was we ever. We were never even no, explained why no she was shot. Nobody was in we, right, danger. That's what I'm saying. There was no there was investigation. No, life in danger. No, no one. Right now, you have all kinds of footage on both sides, but you have you have people breaking into the Capitol that day, and you have people being led in by 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 Capitol guards, led in to the Capitol. So that whole thing is skewed, also. Um. You know, it it really it is really scary when you have the Justice Department calling moms and dads in Virginia terrorists, terrorists threats. You you have you have, it's very scary that you have regular people because of their social media feed or maybe their donations or whatever getting visited by the FBI. This is happening all over the country. You have people that were at, at the Capitol that day and not gone into the Capitol that's been arrested and detained and let go. There, this is all happening right somebody, now in America. There's somebody who got a 10-year sentence over this. 10 years. Yes. 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 Nothing. That one guy that nothing occurred on with January the, 6th. With, with the Viking hat on. Yeah. That, that one guy, he, he was in solitary confinement for a year and a half, and I think he just pleaded guilty just nothing, to try to get his life back. Nothing happened on January 6th that justifies a 10-year sentence for anybody. No. 
No, but you see, the words matter. When they call it an insurrection, they can charge him with federal statutes. Yeah, they can. Yeah, that's why they do this. And you know, you don't hear any, you don't hear anyone, Mitch McConnell or Kevin McCarthy, coming out and asking the questions. They'll go on the Sunday shows. They'll go on the nightly news, and they'll 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 say, "Oh, you know, when once we get power, we're going to look into this." Once we get power, we're going to look into this. It's a rouge. It's a rouge. Well, of course, because you you don't have to have power. You could hold committee meetings and document all this so that when you do get power, you're ready to actually prosecute somebody. Right. That's what I have, guys. There are still good people up there. There's Chuck Grassley from Iowa, and there's Ron Johnson from Wisconsin, which they're actively trying to get out of the Senate. They're actively trying to get him out of the Senate, Ron yeah, Johnson, because he is—he is a, a whistle. He is a bellwether. He is a ringing the bell. Yeah. he is shouting from the top of the rooftops that 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 we're on fire, and no one's listening to him. And they're trying to—they're—they're they're, they're not helping him. They're not funding him. They're not doing anything. He's part of the mega swamp. You know, and the reason Joe Biden—the reason that Joe Biden is saying about mega. It's not it's not the make America great that he's against. He's against the idea of Trump. And that was Trump's slogan. So he's demonizing this. He's demonizing the slogan to demonize Trump. Well, I don't know how it's affecting everybody else, but it is actually increasing my support for Trump and the whole movement. Well, it's happening. It's happening with regular folks, Kevin. The Democrats, regular Democrats don't want this either. You know, regular working, hardworking people don't want this either. You know, I've been told a few times there was a good friend when I was in New York whose father was, you know, really politically uh, entrenched in the Democratic Party. And we, when Obama was elected, he said to me, my Democratic Party left me. And this is a guy who was a delegate in New York. Yeah. He was big. Big time. Yeah. He said, my Democratic Party left me. And he says, I'm really sad. And his wife had just passed away. So I'm happy that she don't have to see our party go down. And not, not wow. that he was happy right. about, you know, but right. it was just a conversation we were having, you know. And and I said, this was a guy that I, I've, ha- I've had, you know, bottles of wine with drinks over my house. I mean, really yeah. salt of the earth, you know, you know, World War Two type of guy, just a great guy. And, you know, um, sad when he passed, but this is, this is what happened, you know, and, and, you know, you, you're saying about, you know, you feel that, that my, that my president dislikes me, that is true. But, you know, this all happened also under, under, under Obama. I felt that minorities looked at me differently because of the message he was spouting, you know, you know, that was kind of. Really, if you think about it, we had made huge strides in race relations in this country over the last five or six decades. Huge strides. Look around and not just blacks, any minority. Look at how many of them have become wildly successful in the United States. The opportunities were there. Does racism still exist? Of course it does. We're human beings. It exists all over the world. It's obviously most obvious in the United States because we're one of the few truly blended countries. Most other countries right. have but a you know, big majority 
and then a bunch of little minorities. We don't have any big majorities. We're a truly blended country. So, of course, we will have more issues with racism. But the issue, I believe, really did come back in a bad way during the Obama years. And now it's awful. If we want to stop racism, then let's stop talking about race. Let's just let's just pretend well, it doesn't exist because it shouldn't. We're all human beings. Right. Let's just stop talking about it. Exactly, and that's the whole that's the whole thing. See, if you if you say that, but somehow they change that to you being racist. Now. I know. I it, it, it that's so mind boggling to me. No, guys, look, I'm saying there are no races. We're just human beings. Right. You know, they, they completely took Dr. King's message and turned it 180 on its head. Yeah. You know, he yeah. wanted he wanted his children to be colorblind. And, and my children to play to, to play together and judge them uh, on on their on their op, on their merits on how well they do the job. That was the whole civil rights movement. Just get out of the way and give me a, an equal playing field. Exactly. That's exactly right. what Martin Luther right. King wanted. And and and, I, we, and I just finished a book. I finished a book by Shelby Steele. He's 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 a guy who grew up, came to age in that era, and he was one of the guys that was corrupted by that message. Uh, you know, that uh, we need we need equal outcomes kind of thing. And over his life, he's realized, and he wrote a book called. Um, White guilt. Very interesting. And he says that the the black race beaters of the time actually re-enslaved black people because they what they did was the Jim Crow laws gave them responsibility without giving them a, a, a fair a fair playing field for opportunity. Okay? So it was bad. But what, what they did was they, they shifted it to institutions that were racist. So now they took away the responsibility as well. So I may be a little, I don't think I'm way off of what his message was, but that was basically the message that, that and it's a really, really good book for anyone who wants to see. So they basically enslaved themselves for to get rid of their responsibility again. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and he really lays it out really well, really lays it out really well. And this is a black scholar who I used to, you know, I, I found on YouTube and, and, um, I, you know, I got his book cause I think he's very intelligent. There's a couple other ones. I, Thomas soul always comes to mind. Um, and, and there's another one, Bob Woodson, uh, another black scholar that, you know, he, he has a 1776 project because he wants people to understand the true greatness of this country. Yes. So, you know, to fight the 1619 project of that, we, you know, we're, we're, we're all inherit, inherently racist. Hey, hey, Fred, um, it's, it's not that I'm yeah. tuning out. I'm looking at the clock and I'm reading no, I know. and I'm reading the wind report. Yeah. We're about to get uh, twenty-five knot winds here in the gorge for the next three or four hours. <laughs> so you want to go play? I got you. I want to go play. There is one topic I want to yeah, kind of you. close out the hour with, though. Yeah, um, we are going. Let me get back and find it. 
what did I do with it? Okay, because this is a topic I've talked about. This is the first time I've been able to get some statistics together on this. Um, we've been speculating a lot on okay. this, and now I have some numbers. So here's the headline on this report. Exponential rise in athlete deaths linked to COVID shot rollout. We're finally starting to get some wow. data on this. Listen to the statistics. Athlete deaths have spiked a whopping 1,700% since the COVID vaccine was rolled out. Wow. 1,700% so increase. scary and sad. That is scary and sad. If um, you look at the average number of deaths in athletes from the year 1966 to 2004, that we have a, a nice right. group of data. That's a long time. So averages are yep. really accurate over long periods of time. The average number of deaths in athletes from 1966 to 2004 was 2.35 deaths, 2.35 from January of 2021 to April of 2022. It jumped from 2.35 deaths to 42. That's, you know, and that's why, that's why Fauci is retiring. He needs, he should go into hiding is what he should do. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's going to have to go to a, a, a country that doesn't have extradition rights. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the Seychelles uh, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I might have to find one cause I'm a mega Republican. You know how <laughs> yeah, it goes. Exactly. Now we're, we're all, we're, we're all going to go hide out in Colorado. There you go. I love yeah. that. Yeah, we're all going to go where, hide where out. Is, uh, where is what, what, what who is saying? John Galt? Uh, John Galt. Who is John Galt? And yeah, where is yeah. John Galt? Yeah, he's hiding yeah. in Colorado. We're going to go find him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One uh, one other quick thing before you. Go. Um, I started the uh, the end of the world, and I'm on. I just listened to a couple hours yesterday, and um, the whole population thing really is amazing isn't, isn't it? that crazy I, I that that book oh my I, I don't know he's he's a really good writer so i'll just start there he's a great writer he yep. had me convinced this is gonna happen and when yeah. i when i was able to yeah. get away from the book and think through it i'm like holy cow was i just brainwashed i can't imagine that happening but while i was reading the book i was convinced he was right well, he is, um, he is a, uh, a policy advisor yeah. on, on geopolitical policy. So that's what he does. I know. I mean, so right. it really, it really is. It, it's, it's, it's wildly amazing what it, he's saying. And, and it's kind of like, you know, reading Atlas Shrugged 30 years ago and watching what's happened in the last 30 years. I read his book now and I yeah. start seeing things in the news that make sense. Oh, I know. I know. I'm, I'm listening to it last night and, uh, it's, it's like, wow. Yeah, I guess so. And uh, you know, um, but I, I, I'm going to try to call you tomorrow about that stress reading. I'll oh, give you a little more background on it tomorrow. Good. Um, cause that, that was it. Some Mondays I have are just long 
arduous days. Right. Um, pays well, but you know, I just put myself through that while, while the economy's still good. That'll exactly here shortly. Um, but you know, while, you know, like, like they always say, make hay when the sun is shining. That's right. I'm actually loading a load of hay right now. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Can can you drop some uh, off? Yeah, but, uh, I could use some, uh, (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, with all, with all your, with all your gardening and everything, I might have to come out to Oregon. There you go. That's right. Bring some hay. I could use some. That's fine. I'll bring, I'll bring a load of hay and I'll, uh, we'll, we'll compare cooking skills. I'm a very good chef myself. Love it. But, uh, listen, you, you enjoy, you enjoy the water. Um, be careful. Don't rip it up again. Okay. (laughs) I know. know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know. No, it, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking right now. They're saying it's supposed to pick up at 11. It's not happening yet. It's 11. Uh, but I, I'm starting to see a little more activity. So I think by the time I get everything together, I, I still have to go pick up my wing because I haven't picked it up yet, but it's right there by where I go. So um, I'm thinking well, today's the day. That might be my next career. I, I, I'm thinking that might be that, my next career, being a weatherman. There you go. I, I, well, I'm, I'm starting I to learn a lot about wrong wind. I still make six digits. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to set a goal today. I'm not coming out of the water till I get up on the foil. Okay. So if, there, if there's well, no can, show tomorrow, it. it's because I slept on my board last <laughs> night in the river. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Well, you enjoy, my friend, and everybody be safe out there. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks for the call. We're going to oh, – right. no, you know what? We have another call. We are actually going to take it. Let's go to Oklahoma. Paul, I almost missed you there. Almost hung up on you. That's What's right. on your mind? That's right. Worst things have happened. Yeah. You, I disagree with one thing you said. No, you don't. You said everything that happened. You know what I do? <laughs> you said everything that happened on January the 6th, no one deserves a 10-year sentence. The guy that shot Ashley oh, Babbitt probably does. You're right. You are absolutely right. I stand corrected. He shot an unarmed yeah. veteran. Doesn't really matter that she's a female. She's yeah, a veteran. Bombing through, through a window. Yeah. yeah. Shot and nobody's life was in danger. There are at least yeah. at least three other things he could have done other than shoot her in the face. He could have run over there and pushed her back out the window. Exactly. The the low tech easy way. Just yeah. push her out the and, damn window. Uh, how many And I'm pretty sure we don't even we don't even know who actually shot her. Oh, no, I thought we did. Yeah, they have. They finally identified the guy. I don't remember his name, but it took him a long, long time before. But we heard his name, then we never heard anything more about him. And I I don't even remember his name. We did hear it. They did finally identify it. They've never explained why. Okay. There's never been any real investigation that I'm aware of. They, they, I would imagine that the, the law enforcement officers in that area have at least two or three non-lethal means before they have to actually shoot somebody in the face, somebody who's yeah. not even armed. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, they, I have a feeling crazy. that if we were yeah. to do an investigation, that person deserves more than a 10-year sentence, except they're probably, they probably got some cushy new job somewhere at uh, double their salary. Probably, yeah. 
So, and then uh, one other thing, you're talking about athletes dying. Yeah. Uh, I seen yesterday there was another one, a 32 or 34-year-old mixed martial arts guy. He just up and died. Yeah, see, that doesn't happen. The average used to be two deaths. Now it's 42. Yeah, well, mixed martial arts guys, they usually they the top of the... Oh, yeah. Uh, the food chain sort yeah, of thing. That, yeah. that, that is a very, very, yeah. a very, very brutal sport that requires incredible amounts of fitness. Mm. And agility. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and toughness yeah. and, and good genes and all kinds of things. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty brutal, extreme sport. And young, healthy athletes don't die, except now they do. Mm-hmm. So glad I'm not an athlete. <laughs> yeah, well, I, and I'm not really young. So no, I'm unvaccinated. So there's the key, me. Paul. Yeah. There's the key. This has nothing mm-hmm. to do with being an athlete, being a military veteran, being a hospital worker, being a frontline worker, crossing imaginary lines in the sand. This has nothing to do with any of that. We should just be happy we were smart enough yep. not to get jabbed. Yeah, well, I have... A sister that lives in Australia, and she used to be a nurse many years ago. And oh, me and her, we had some <laughs> differences over Facebook. And in the end, I, I had I had to block her because she's oh, you don't know what you're talking about. I was a nurse, and blah right, blah blah. Right. And it's like yeah. So, but she's vaccinated and boosted and everything else to go along with it. So, you know, I I, I haven't I haven't heard that she's died. So I, I was yeah. talking about Fetterman earlier. And Fetterman had a stroke. Yep. I, I, I'd love to know. I'd love to know how uh, he's a far left liberal. Of course, he's, he's vaccinated. vaccinated. Of course, he is. He wants to. Yeah. to uh, he wants all of that stuff brought back. Vaccine mandates. He's for all of that stuff. So I am sure he is vaccinated and boosted and just waiting in line for his next booster. I'd love to know. How close to any one of his jabs did the uh, stroke occur? Yeah. But we probably won't find that out. So I am just about positive we won't find that out. You know what? Speaking of that, I thought there was one other new piece of information I wanted to report on the COVID shot. What was it, though? Um it doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work. It was worse than that, though. We, we've known it hasn't worked for a long time. I thought there was something about... Uh, oh, yeah, here it is. Here it is. This is from Mercola. I think I posted this one on Healthy Tribe. Um, this is interesting. This might explain a lot, though. Um, Here's like a bullet point, kind of wraps up the idea here. The reason health officials don't want individual vaccine vials examined by independent scientists, and what they're referring to is a lot of people have been screaming, why can't we look at these vaccines, individual vials? Why don't we have a random program where we go in and we pull out a vial and test it? And we don't, and they don't want it. Yep. A lot of scientists say that's exactly what we should be doing. We should be pulling out random samples of these vaccines and testing them. Um, The reason they don't want you to is because the vials are all different 
and the mRNA in the shots is not intact. This is now proven. And this was in the New England Journal of Medicine, by the way. So this isn't some, you know, crazy left-wing or right-wing blogger that was on Joe Rogan. This is a highly esteemed medical journal that says, um, and this report has been out for over two years. We're just now getting it. It's been out for over two years. Um, The mRNA in the shots is not stable. You, you might be getting 22% in one shot and 100% in another. Oh. Yeah, so it's like the, the, mystery, the mystery prize. Yeah. You don't know what's in it. What right. And, yeah. and here's, the, here's why we, this may be all over the board and we can't predict any patterns, we can't see any patterns, is because when it comes to drugs and even supplements— and even food. We have a phrase we use. The dose is the poison. There are things you can take a small amount of and it does you a lot of good. Take a bigger amount and it will kill you. The dose is the poison. And what we're saying here about these shots, you have no idea what the dose is. Yeah, because you can't live without water, but you have too much of it, you You die. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. that, that's so. always the case with medicine. The dose is the poison. The side effects and the effectiveness of the drug are based on the dose. Some drugs actually work, but they work at a level where the dose has to be so big, it causes too many problems. Could that be the case with this vaccine? Yeah. We don't know because they don't test it. They haven't tested yeah. the new variant shot. They tested it on eight mice. Sucks to be a mouse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I feel better about yeah, giving but, giving a COVID shot to my pet mouse. Yep. So, right. That's all I got. I'll let you go tear it up. That's all I need. I'm going to go hit the water. Okay, bye. I'll report tomorrow. I hope. We'll, uh, we'll see. Looks like conditions are going to pick up here a little bit. I'm going to keep an eye on it. And I think I'm going to start heading downriver. We will see you back here tomorrow. Special thanks to Brittany. She's been the call screener for the last couple of days. She's done an awesome job. Thank you, Brittany. We'll be back tomorrow with Destination Health. We'll see you then. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.